Good morning, my birds and bees. I'm your favorite worker bee, Luke G, and you are listening to 80.8 The Buzz, where we bring you backstage into the artist studio so you can get to know some of your favorite artists and get a little taste of how the honey gets made. On today's episode, we have Bumblebee Saturday joining us in the hive today. You guys want to start by introducing yourselves? That would be awesome. You down? For sure. I'm Ben, and I play drums in Bumblebee Saturday. I'm Sterling. I play sax, keys, and auxiliary in Bumblebee Saturday. All right. I'm Ethan. I play guitar. <laughs> I'm Colby, and I sing and also play guitar. I'm Nick, and I play bass for Bumblebee Saturday. <laughs> and this is Disney Channel. <laughs> Welcome to Bumblebee Saturday. Three six five. <laughs> I'm stoked to have you guys here. I, I can't wait to get to know you guys. So, I mean, how did you guys all meet? Where did the conjunction happen in the in the universe? Um, you want to hit that? I can hit it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> so, Bumblebee Saturday was like. We had this mutual friend who I went to high school with, and she was having a birthday party, and she knew me and Colby very well, so she was like, yo, you guys want to do some stuff for, you guys want to do some stuff for my birthday party? And we were like, hell yeah. So we put together like a little set list of covers and reached out to Nick and Ethan, and we were just playing her backyard a couple times. And that's the most to it, man. We just started out with it was that simple favor for a friend. And we just loved doing it so much. So we just kept jamming. And that's all there is to the start, really. We got Sterling in on it eventually. Yeah, and it was a later edition. Yeah, started out and, as a photographer, actually, for the band. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, got adopted in. The yeah, best photos were so good. We were just like, bro, hop on. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sick that's cool yeah. you've been there like from the start you just moved yourself into the band totally. yeah. sterling's known all of us we like there probably wasn't a rehearsal that sterling wasn't like kicking it with us at least like during that time <laughs> it, it was bound to happen at that point it's just osmosis you just hang exactly, around exactly exactly make it in there. exactly what us yeah, osmosis. yeah. yeah. No. i mean musicians always find each other right so yeah <laughs> the sound is bound to happen oh yeah um, uh, Sterling, actually, I was going to ask you, what is auxiliary? Just, I don't know. Yeah, so auxiliary, I don't know, the way I would describe it is it's basically everything you hear in the background that's not one of your main instruments. So, you know, let's say we're playing, like, our song My Farm, and we wanted animal sounds, like a cow or something. I would do that. I'll play shaker. I play some various kind of, like, cymbal and just random stuff like that in the background. So it's more... For when we have songs that don't quite need a saxophone or a keyboard necessarily, but still need something to kind of bring the recording in to the live setting, you know, just so it, it fills the space up a bit more. Yeah, so it gives it more of a full rounded sound, like just the studio quality kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's so our it's... Swiss Army band member. Exactly. Yeah, I do. Whatever I love that. Needs, need to be accomplished, you know, that's me. I'll do whatever. Yeah. It, it puts some great flavor into the music. I really enjoy it. And it's I notice it, too. You know what I mean? Like, I would oh, cool, yeah. it not there. You know, <laughs> it, it would feel different. So it definitely comes through and for the listeners. I think that's awesome. That's nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So how did you guys come up with the name Bumblebee Saturday? Was it like you saw a bee kick, kicking it on a Saturday? Just like, that's, I mean, that's probably the best answer I could give you, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I like... 
I don't, I don't actually have a whole lot of memory of coming up with the name. I just knew it was something that like I, I, I'd been sitting on for a little bit. And, and then I guess like I saw an opportunity when we put all this kind of together. I was like, we can use, why don't we use that? And people seem to like it. Not a lot of the times when people ask me about playing in a band, they're like, what's your band name? I say, Bumblebee Saturday. I either get, oh, that's cute, or various reactions similar to that. So, yeah. I mean, we it thought is it, dorm, we thought it'd be but good. definitely <laughs> it fits your guys' sound very well, like with the whole nature <laughs> aesthetic and stuff. Yeah. And your guys' look, like your guys' Instagram and stuff, like it all, it feels very like uniform and, and t- succinct. Oh, um, it's yeah. amazing too it, it honestly feels completely coincidental that yeah. somehow we have a pretty cohesive brand yeah it just kind of it almost happened it on happened. Yeah. yeah i love that more honestly it just means you guys are being like authentic with like yourselves you know and so it was just meant to happen this way you know there you didn't question things you just went for it and stuck true to you which i love that's really totally. awesome yeah well yeah, yeah that that's kind of interesting also that it kind of formed into a cohesive brand just because all of us have so many different kind of backgrounds with music and style and just everything. Not like we're completely opposites or anything, but it's just, it came together somehow into one thing, you know? (laughs) I feel like, yeah. And concerning the brand, it's kind of funny too, because we didn't come up, I feel like with a lot of the stuff, like even us, like the whole thing, like we didn't, I think we named Deborah. That was it. Like she was given to us (laughs) by a friend. (laughs) <laughs> it just yeah. kind of became like a mascot thing yeah like i think we just like like an image formed itself as we kind of like evolved as a band it was oh, almost like an unconscious thing yeah you guys were just like really in tune with each other and yourselves you know it just like i said you weren't questioning things you were just were doing things you, you made things happen because you wanted them to be there which i think is huge where would you say you got your start in music Let's start with Benny. My start in music. I got my first electronic kit when I was three years old. So that was kind of, that was it, man. Like, ever, like I would just play to absolutely everything. And, and I just got more into it as I got older. And, and yeah, I've been playing with all the school orchestra groups. And I was in another band for six years just for fun. And this is just my life, man. Like, I don't really know much else besides besides music in my life and i'm thankful as hell for that yeah that's awesome that's truly incredible like three years old like that's like someone putting like a basketball play or basketball on a baby's you know what i mean like you were thanks. going to do this you know thanks man i'm kind of stoked we we sold that kit when i was like seven or eight years old to the next door neighbors oh, yesterday though dude they hit me up yesterday they're like you want it back and i was oh, like hell no i want it back yeah. are you kidding me <laughs> so i might be I might be reuniting with that baby soon. Damn. I know. I'm I'm excited. (laughs) Destiny in action again. (laughs) It's always been yours. Just relocated for for a minute. (laughs) That's so sick. Thanks, Um, man. What about you, Colby? Where did you get your start in music? Like, I I played in band in, like, middle school and stuff like that. So, like, I was very... And I played piano, I think, starting, like, at age 12 or 13. And so I was, like, familiar with music, and I enjoyed it a lot. And, like, this kind of scene of it and this style, like, it wasn't until I was, like, late middle school, like, early high school, where, you know, as a young boy, you get into the classic rock and other forms that are kind of shown to you. And it was those bands where I kind of had an interest now, like, maybe writing my own music and playing guitar instead of playing a wind instrument or something. And, yeah, ever since then, I haven't really looked back. That's just kind of, yeah various influences 
uh, bands like the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin got me started in this direction, I'd say. Absolutely. How, like, what age were you when you started, like, writing your own songs? Or were you just kind of, like, always writing poetry or, like, something like that? Or No, I wouldn't call myself a poet, no. But I would, <laughs> I'd say, I think I was 16 when I wrote Gibberish was the first song I ever finished completely, what? for this band at least. I Like, I tried writing music before, but this was, like, the first time anything like ever became like a real it actually happened mm-hmm. so that's so sick well yeah that's honestly it's one of my favorite songs by you well, thank guys. you yeah no it's really dope i think it was a great start to your guys's like album and just like sound career as as musicians <laughs> like i think it was a good choice what about you nick where did you get your start for me you know just being in the car with your parents and they play music really was how it was like casually integrated into my life. But like I did, I have a mostly classical background. I could really put quotes on any of the words in that sentence just because I didn't take it very seriously. I literally would just learn whatever the hell was in the the lesson book for piano from like age five to 10. And then I played viola in the orchestra from like grade three to like middle of high school. But it really, Colby, it really wasn't until I started listening and kind of developing my own music taste that like I started to think oh like maybe if I started creating stuff like this like I'll be interested in playing my instrument so I picked up bass and then I've kind of worked my way through just having fun with music that's awesome I love that what about you Ethan where did you come up with or where did you get your start in music Mine started in um, seventh grade. I actually took this class called Writing in Response to Rock and Roll. And that kind of launched me into the Beatles and like all the classic rock stuff, John Lennon, like stuff like that. And then by eighth grade, like middle of eighth grade, I was like super into Led Zeppelin and like Pink Floyd, Colby said. And I was just interested in picking up the guitar. Like it sounded badass to do. And I was just like, this is something I want to, I want to try and ended up loving it. I've been sticking with it since. Love it. That's sick. I love that you guys like all have similar influences, but there was no way that could have been like coordinated, you know what I mean? Or just like, that's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. a further mm-hmm. sign that this was like destined to happen, like from way even before <laughs> you guys ever met, which is <laughs> super dope. What about you, Sterling? Where'd you get your start? Yeah. So, well, like I'm sure all my other bandmates, my parents' music influenced me a lot. My dad listened to a lot of yacht rock while working in the yard, you know, on the weekends. So <laughs> I picked up a lot of that. My mom loved the 80s stuff, so I picked up a lot of that, actually. And, and I, everyone in my family plays an instrument. And so if you don't play an instrument, you're kind of like the odd one out, you know? <laughs> so like, yeah. I, when I was like six, I got a guitar, didn't really stick with it. Then around like age 11, I started taking piano lessons again. Started getting into some jazz kind of music and got a record player and the Beatles came into my life. You know, that was a big thing for me. And then I saw Sexy Sax Man Sergio Flores' video where he goes around, you know, and... Have you seen that video? <laughs> I don't think I have. I've seen uh, um, Jack Black's, like, version of something like that. Because- yeah, this guy, he goes around and he has a mullet with a ponytail, right? And he's shirtless in leather pants with aviator sunglasses on and a giant mustache. And he just goes into, like, the supermarket. He goes into, like, the mall. He goes into classrooms, <laughs> anywhere. And he just starts playing Careless Whisper and, like, throwing himself around and, like, doing spins and shit. Yeah. And and I saw that video, and I don't know why, something in me was just like, you need to play saxophone. Just awaken. <laughs> <laughs> play saxophone. I, 
And so, so then I got to work on playing saxophone. I started going to Los Rios Rock School. That's where yeah. I met Ethan. And, yeah. and, you know, it's gone from there. I did not know that's your origin saxophone story. <laughs> that is my saxophone origin story. I mean, I like jazz too, but yeah, that's the real reason, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> Secrets unveiled. I love that. Just like it was awakened. It was like this. Yeah, something in me just called. Is, is here now. Yeah. <laughs> that is freaking hilarious. I, I don't think there's anything more 80s than that man that you described. The, oh, the sexy totally. sax man. Like he, he hit every niche part of the 80s and just made I, it into himself. Exactly. I think that's why it might have clicked with me so well, honestly. (laughs) I love that so much. That is absolutely insane. What is one of your favorite venues that you guys have played? The Love Alley. Love Alley? That was awesome. Love Alley. It was in Laguna Beach and like southern side, closer to Crown Valley. It was the little like alleyway in between Clatch Coffee and like uh, an art store, I think. Yeah, it's like an art store. Yeah, it was a really cool little rock crystal store. And we had a show there, and it was the coolest, like, probably the coolest show I've ever been able to play personally. And the OC Tavern's a blessing to have as well. Like, such a cool spot in San Clemente that is so driven towards local support is incredible, man. Totally. It's a, totally. It's a great, like, room to play into. They have such good, there's a bar in that room. There's, they have such good, I think, equipment to use to. The, I, enjoy, uh, I enjoy the OC Tavern. The backyard is killer, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, backyard is fire. <laughs> yeah. That's gnarly. That, I love the backyard. Yeah. Also, I like, I mean, I like Clash Coffee a lot, though. If we could ever play that alley again, I would jump on it. In yeah. A that was a great the, one. Also, the cops came right up as we were leaving, too. Yeah. 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 They, it was perfect. It was, I was about to say, is that like allowed? Like it, it, it was. It was a hookup to like. <laughs> it was a friend. Like okay, it was a band that we'd had played a like a bill with before that asked us to play. We didn't know them super well, but we had a really good time with them. And they had a hookup with I think someone that worked in that coffee shop. And yeah, I mean, like we played until I mean they went after us. They went probably till eleven thirty, and that's when the cops showed up. But we were packing it up when the when they rolled up. So it was all yeah, good. Damn. <laughs> just in the nick of time that's Definitely. how you want uh, rock and roll music to go <laughs> you know oh yes i love that yeah i remember the first time i ever saw you guys play live was in the oc tavern and was um, it was the time when there was like a sea of people there was at least like 80 to 100 people in the room it was packed and then like one of the bouncers came in and like just rallied up everybody because they were all high schoolers. Oh. Like or they were all Yeah, that was, a, right, yeah. that was a right, yeah. yeah. No, no, that sucked. It was that terrible. Was like in the that middle of your guys' set, they kicked out the entire crowd. And was, I was yeah. like, that is so yeah. fucked. Like they weren't even ordering drinks. No one was being nefarious. They were just there to enjoy the music, you know? It was yeah, they were strict about a cutoff time because that show was organized and it went over time because we were supposed to be done by ten because the, the venue was twenty one and over after ten PM and oh. we didn't even get to start our set until nine fifty. And uh, yeah, it sucked. But you know, yeah. it was it was it happens, man. It's stuff like that happens. happens. There's nothing you can do about it and uh, yeah. I mean but but then we played Plum Tree Princess in the parking lot afterwards. Yeah, so that, that, was, that, was, that made up for it. It's, yeah. It was funny, too, because guitar. the only people left in the crowd were my 21 and older co-workers that I invited to that show. And, like, <laughs> yeah. my parents. Yeah, yeah. and our parents. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, what song were we? What Green Day song we were, were we playing? We were playing basketball. Okay, okay. Well, the, the dude, the dude came up to me right, and he's, you got to cut it right now. And I'm like, I looked at him, I'm like, one more song, bro. And he's no. And so, so I had to go to the mic, and then I kind of looked back at Ben, and we both knew exactly like what we were saying to each other. And then so I, we just started playing Basket Case by Green Day, which was a cover we were already planning to play like later in the set anyway. And yeah, I mean, it just made it harder, I guess, for security to wrangle all those kids because they're all running around while we were playing, I guess, Green Day. Yeah, and it didn't help that we went in the pit too. Like it didn't help. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't helping anybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last people you're trying to help is musicians, as the bouncers. You know what I mean? So I think you guys were doing, playing it right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe our friends got to enjoy another minute and a half of our music <laughs> before they got thrown out, and it was all worth it. <laughs> it was a oh, totally, good time for sure. Yeah, hell yeah. I remember I saw, uh, when everyone got kicked out, I saw Colby flip off the bouncer that kicked everyone uh, out. Yeah. But you didn't oh, break yeah. a moment or a skip a beat singing. And I was like, oh, these guys are tight. This is, this I, is fucking, I remember this is going to work the next day with all my coworkers that were there acting. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't care. Like, I flipped off the bouncer. Like, and I was like big man on campus at work. And then all my coworkers that couldn't make it were like, bro, I heard you flipped off security. I was like, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, yeah, looking back on it a year later, I'm like, man, I'm such a loser. But, like, no. <laughs> well, we were just pissed, man. It's, it was out of anger. Like, yeah, I understand I was, we were all yeah. playing like just enraged. I was, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, those bouncers really were just though. doing their job. It was just out of frustration. Yeah. We it, really sucked it up that it, night. It was just the whole situation. Like, just to see all your friends get rounded up and just kicked out, you're like, oh, dude. I and watched, you, I watched him grab Gavin, and that yeah. made me angry. Like, Ooh, it just damn. fueled us. Fueled yeah, me, we were yeah. there. We were the first ones there, too. Like, we yeah, helped everyone set so up, up and everything. Yeah. And then we, we got our time cut short. So, it happens, though, you know? It happens, yeah. True, true. I'm assuming your uh, followers are going to grow with you. So, like, in a couple years, that won't matter for any of your followers. You know? Hopefully. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know about, like, we're, we keep getting, like, new followers on Instagram by, like, different people that I can tell that are in, like, high school that, that like, sure. just discovered our music, which is really cool. So, it's our age demographic, I feel, is going, like, now beyond our friend group. Yeah. That's honestly really incredible. I mean, like, whoever you can get your music and whoever, like, it resonates with the most, that's just incredible that it means something to them. You know what I mean? Or it, it hits a chord for them, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's, I think, the coolest part about doing music is that you have the possibility of bringing out emotions and impacting someone in yeah, just cool. even in a small way. Yeah. Even if you just gave them entertainment for a night, it's something rewarding about it. Absolutely. Yeah. You give them that moment of peace where it's like they're not thinking about their job. They're not thinking about their bills or whatever they have to do. They're just in yeah. it with the music, with you. It's a you moment know? of peace for us, too, honestly. Yeah, oh, for it's sure. It's so fun. Because it's just fun, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's got to be like a flow state, like when you're in on stage, you know what I mean? Like, genuinely, you can't be thinking about anything else except for your music in that moment that you're yeah. in, which is truly something to cherish. That's really awesome. Definitely is. Yeah, no. I, I mean, like, your guys' monthly listener count on Spotify is, like, consistent and growing, which is, for some of the bands that I know, like, locally and just like, otherwise, that's just either fluctuates a lot or it's not reflective of their Instagram followers, you know what I mean? But your guys is almost, like, flip-flopped. Um, it's really well, cool that people are, like, listening to your music and, it like I said, resonating and enjoying it, which is a testament to you guys, which is awesome. Some of those bands, too, that are local have been around a lot longer than us, which is why I'd say maybe their Instagram count is higher than maybe their monthly listeners. That's something I've thought about. But it's just those algorithmic playlists that really 
help us out especially mm-hmm. with our song grapefruit is still the one that i feel that that rakes in the majority of the listeners but still well, i'm sure. very grateful no but that's still awesome though that i mean I, you guys have been a band for a solid year and some change now we've been a, like a band for almost i've been no, a little over two years minus the year covid stole from us yeah <laughs> so freaking true but yeah still i mean like i know bands that have been like grinding at it for longer than that and haven't popped off as as quickly or as well as you guys have so i, I just i'm excited to see your momentum continue to roll you know um, thanks man it means a lot yeah. no, absolutely. going into some of your newer music i know you guys just released your ep lady lavender which is personally top-notch one another one of my favorites very uh, well done what was your inspiration for the ep what brought it out of you guys boredom and quarantine honestly i love it that's um, what it's gotta be <laughs> we i mean like we were because like when all this started i think we released just that single deborah a month or so after the lockdown happened and we thought we did like because at that point like nobody knew how long we were going to be in this for and um i think we were like release a single because we're like maybe we'll go play shows again in the summer but no so and then it got to fall of like i think we started recording lady lavender like in the summer of 2020 and it was it it i mean we all worked very hard on it and it took a long time just because i think we were all being pretty perfectionist about it which i enjoyed because i'm a perfectionist about that stuff myself and uh, it, it was all virtual too i don't think we ever even got together and jammed any of the songs really? no yeah That's it was, even more impressive, it was way different i wrote i wrote the music in my in my studio in my house and recorded rough demos by myself then i would send them to all the guys and they'd write their own parts for them and we recorded it in our own separate homes too and we would just send each other the logic file and record over it wow yes honestly insane I, like that just because I mean for me I, I gotta feel like the being in the same space and like the energy of the jamming session the jamming rooms has got to be like so free-flowing to make music but to be able to remove that aspect of it and just do it solo you know what I mean have that energy in yourself and then put it together through through zoom or like discord or whatever that's honestly really impressive I had no idea I figured you guys were doing like either masked up meetings or like something like mm-hmm. that but you guys are just full yeah. 100% safety quarantine. There should be like a quarantine like stamp of approval or something like a gold star <laughs> seal of approval. Oh yeah, we were good boys. We were... <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, so many people weren't and like they still didn't come up with as good of music as that. So I, I think that's really awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, absolutely. That, uh, who makes all the cover art for like your music or uh, singles or, or whatever? A few. We've had a few different artists work with us where our first album was uh a guy was by the name i can't remember his last i'm gonna name get his name right. i'm gonna get his name right yeah. now because uh, i want to plug I want, people out yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I want to plug these artists right why why it plays guitar in a band called ridgeway i am not sure what his last name is though but Ridgeway. Like... i remember he lived in we got yeah we why it was from like the long beach area and we got in touch with him through this woman who was wanting to like begin or manage us around the time this was late let's say like late 2019 and yeah, he we he hooked up the Grassroots Rotten Fruits cover for us. He's a really talented artist. He has an Instagram. Hopefully, we can find it. And then the Deborah cover art. Yeah, and, shout out to Emily. And the Grapefruit cover yeah. art were both done by our friend Emily, who's closer with Ethan. And her name is what's her art account? Let me find it. Because I I yeah, definitely follow it. Yeah, we gotta shout out her art account. She um, okay, her her art account is M's Art with it's E M S A R and then four T's, 
and she makes a lot of really cool collage art. So anyone listening, you should definitely go check her out. She does commissions too. And she has an Etsy shop too, where she sells all her prints. I know that. And um, she's really sweet. She makes really great art. And then the the Lady Lavender cover art was done by one of my friends named Lauren Skinner. Where she, her art account, she I work with, she just made a new art account, but her Instagram is Alohalo, which is with instead of O's, it's zero, so it's A L zero H A L zero. And she is a very talented visual artist. And that Lady Lavender cover is actually an oil painting that she scanned to be to be a digital image. And we actually have we have the physical oil painting. It's in my house. We're gonna frame it and probably put it up in the band room. Oh, you absolutely should. <laughs> yeah, like, that's probably gonna follow you through your whole career. That's a that's something to cherish. That's really cool. I was just gonna say I found I found Wyatt. I don't know his last name, but his Instagram is Lift Your Skinny Fist, and he plays guitar in a band called oh, Ridgeway, right. and they're gnarly. Oh, they are right. cool. And he's a killer out. artist. He was very flexible with us. That's sick. No, I'll yeah. definitely check them out. You said Ridgeway? Yeah, Ridgeway. They're dope. Definitely they're out of Dana Point, if I remember correctly. Oh, wow. That's yeah, super, that's so. super cool. No, I, I'm loving getting to know like all these, all these local musicians. Because for a long time, I mean, like growing up, I just didn't know where to find them. You know what I mean? I didn't really think of the OC Tavern or like it was a sports bar and I'm not a sports guy. So I was like, nah. But no, this has been really incredible. I always love finding new places or new people. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy songs. fun, isn't it? I, yeah, lo- no, it I really love doing the same thing, man. And I really miss it, you know, like not going to shows anymore. That was oh. the best place. That was the best place where the scene was, man. That's where everybody was. True. Anywhere, anywhere the scene was, the shows were, that's where the scene was. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I mean, like, it's pretty, like, tight-knit, would you say, like, all the local people, all local bands kind of know each other? Because, I mean, like, there's really not too many stages around town, even in the, the main three, like, San Clemente, Dana Point, Mission Viejo, or, I mean, yeah. San Juan. There's definitely, like, a definitely, know, definitely know of each other, probably, yeah. at least. Um, totally yeah. this is the closest i've ever been with like any other group like bumblebee and the deep sea daniels like yeah yeah in my just yeah. in my experience maybe it was because we were a little younger but i don't know i always wanted to see so much more like togetherness and union out of the orange county music scene like i played in a group called under pressure for a long while and we were playing like we were starting to get into the house show diy scene in our last couple years of playing and it was so cool it, it was great to finally be in that community you know it's totally there man and everyone really does look out for each other it's yeah. great no that's really that's something special because you know what i mean like with musicians it's always i've seen where it can be hard for other musicians to watch them each other succeed you know what i mean because everyone's putting their nose to the grind and do yeah. working their ass off as much as they can and then it's so easy to let jealousy creep in. But genuinely, every park show or like house show I've ever gone to and you talk to the bands or meet them or see them interact with each other, it's always just love and like friendship, you know? Right There's on, no yeah. animosity or jealousy locally, yeah, anyway, which I think about. is really sweet, you know? And just like, it makes everyone do better, you know? What it, totally. You're supposed to look at them oh, and yeah. like be mad that they got a bigger applause than you. Like when they walk off stage That's as you're walking on, it looks so bad. And you're going to play yeah. worse because now you're all pissed. Like it's just, it doesn't serve anybody. Yeah, yeah. It's not about the numbers either. It's about the music. That's absolutely. Yeah, it's all about the love. <laughs> yeah, so true. And no fan has ever been like, you know, I have to choose between these two bands. Like, I can only love one. There's no, yeah. there's no cap to that. Yeah, you can like many bands. As you yeah, want. it's all good. Like, it, it, absolutely. Yeah, no, and it's so like, 
it's cool because then like when I like you guys, if you recommended a band to me, I'm going to be more inclined to see them. You know what I mean? And when that's just like a feedback loop of everyone doing it, then everyone's going to get the publicity that they need, you know? Sure. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Sure. Super yeah, sure. yeah. Oh, it's really incredible. And now for a little taste of honey, live from the hive, we have Bumblebee Saturday's special acoustic version of Grapefruit.
would you guys say is a moment when you'll know, oh damn, like we've hit success, like we've made it, you know what I mean? Whether it's like a number of like followers or listeners or like playing the Viper Room or something, <laughs> like, you know, like when will that moment like that dong hit you, you know? Maybe a tour. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what, that's yeah, what I think. Like that. just at least a regional tour that like we can support ourselves on. A bigger uh, venue would be awesome. Too. That would be yeah, yeah that'd be really sick. Not pay to play like chain like, reaction. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, getting yeah, cool so. gigs maybe in the LA area would be mm-hmm. really sick. Yeah, it's not it's not about to me like how many monthly listeners we have because there's so many. I mean, it kind of it just depends on like how you feel like about what you're doing when you go out. And I feel like it's about kind of. The environment that you draw when you go to play and maybe where you end up playing to. Absolutely. No, that's that makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean it's like when someone's seeking you out, like that's like wow. <laughs> like, you know, I didn't have to pay to play, which I think is like a disgusting concept in general. But yeah. because it really well, exploits musicians. Worry. It's a trap <laughs> for beginner yeah. or younger musicians, I feel like sometimes. Yeah. No, it's it's really awful. But no, like being sought out by like venues and stuff that's a really good one have you guys ever considered and i know i think colby mentioned like a manager or some type of person reached out to you and wanted to manage your band i'm assuming you guys are pretty like self-sustained at this point you know kind of doing your own oh, yeah. marketing and all that jazz would you ever want to sign on to a label or do you think that would be too like not i guess yeah trapping like they might put too many strings on your music or want you to do something for something i mean i'd be all for it if it like wasn't like that i mean i feel like there's a ton of labels that would give you enough freedom to just be yourself as long as you're still making good music and being responsible with yourself and i think my vote would depend on how we're how like well we're growing at the time if we're really growing and then we get asked i would like to maybe wait a little while and it'd be like a whole you gotta read every inch of the contract right. oh, yeah. for yeah. sure well know. and like our right now I feel like our music also kind of just lends itself to the independent kind of artist, you know, distribution framework, if you will, you know, even if we grew exponentially, you know, at this point, as exponentially as like a local band can in the next year or two, I think it would be quite a while maybe before we would really, well, I guess it would depend on what the label can like do for us. It'd be very very situational. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not close-minded to those endeavors. No. Yeah. Sure. It, it I definitely wouldn't like mind some... I definitely wouldn't personally mind some management just because, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but for me, I know we all have... Bumblebee Saturday only occupies like a portion of our lives, so it's hard for us to all come together and decide on certain things and really be on top of the whole business side of things. So I think that it would be i i could definitely see if we can afford it having somebody manage all that Michael cool. also kind of boring stuff on the side of a label like rec- recording i mean we do most of the recording on our own but like mixing is not cheap and, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and any sort of like financial aid would be very helpful to us but we're not struggling but it's so it'd be very nice to yeah. have that so do you guys, I, I thought you guys like maybe produced or mixed your own sounds. Do you send it somewhere to have it we, like mastered? 
Or... Yeah, we have we have we work we I mean we work with this guy named Mike Trulin. Is it Trulin? Trulines. He works at uh, he has a studio Sound called Asylum. Sound Asylum in Santa Ana, and we do all we record all the the raw stems in our studio that we have in Ben's house. But whether we take it to Mike or uh, over the quarantine, we couldn't go see him like in person, so we would send it to him. But uh, yeah, he's a, he's a wizard that really helps our music sound the best. No, I definitely say so. I mean, like your music definitely sounds like studio quality. So you're getting what you're paying for. And I can guarantee that. Yeah. No, but definitely, like you said, if you could have a manager, maybe like deal with the paying of the bill or like just sending your music over, you know, just the little things that like do add mm -hmm. up. That definitely makes sense in my mind. Because I'm being an outsider. I've always like kind of wondered what a label does provide to a band other than like marketing and stuff, you know, but there's a lot of minutiae that takes place in, in the whole of it all that would probably be nice to take off your back to focus on just the music you know have that be your sole purpose yeah. i like that idea have you guys ever had a disaster like right before you went on stage like a string pops <laughs> or like <laughs> something ethan you know? take it away <laughs> yeah well, well both house shows I... oh that's <laughs> right yeah. my good so <laughs> i can't even remember it happened four times like the pedals wouldn't work for the first one so like i had to just remove my tuning pedal and every time i needed to tune i just had to like quickly plug it back in like tune and take it out because it just wasn't transmitting the sound something about the moisture outside and it was it was, like, yeah. moisture, bro. it was really <laughs> damp and it, it was freezing outside and i think yeah it, it was pretty, so pretty cold. Damn cold it froze in december and then in the middle of the set my guitar i i have a les paul that i play with not outside anymore I use like my sturdier guitar for that now. It just stopped making sound. So thank God, <laughs> oh God. I brought the second guitar because halfway through Rosemary Sunday. I think just, I remember that it died. <laughs> just, just yeah, just straight up died. And then mm -hmm. the second time my amp wouldn't work. Oh my god. And then my I think that was it. And then once we fixed the amp, it was good. But yeah, those are spooks, man, when you got fifty people waiting in front of you and like Kobe's, yeah, y'all ready for some music? Oh my god. I see it. I mean, but you always figure there's always a way out. Like, yeah, no, oh, it all totally. worked out in the end, and it's a totally funny reason. thing to look back on now. No, but... it's always the show must, you know, go on. So, yeah, yeah. definitely but... always bring that backup guitar now. Yeah, absolutely. That's got to be like your heart hits like concrete, and you're just like, oh my god, you turn white. Colby looks back and he's like, oh shit, he's not ready. Although, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, like a house show crowd is understanding. Oh, oh I mean, yeah, we didn't, yeah, we yeah. didn't, it didn't take more than probably five, ten minutes to get our problems figured no. out. That's chilling. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, yeah, I mean, like you said, just being prepared with those backups is can be a major lifesaver because i can't yeah, imagine what you do if you're just like a sitting duck you know yeah <laughs> you gotta prep for cold weather that's a... yeah that's the lesson we learned so how long did it take you to make your first album grassroots and rotten fruits it's like i think it was Devani from deep sea daniels said like you have a lifetime to make your first album in 30 minutes to make your second one and i just love that quote but like, how long, he's how on i can see exactly what he's talking about yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to record an album, you you want to make it good. And we, I mean, but yeah, we kind of took advantage of the whole idea. Like we weren't in any rush really to, we'd never set deadline or something, but we had a time period that like we kind of wanted to be able to release an entire album. So it was very spread out. We didn't like, sit down and record the whole album like straight. It was like, I think we were, we recorded a song like maybe every few weeks or something. We, there was one point, I think we, there was one weekend that we just spent 
a lot of time recording. I think we knocked two or three songs yeah. out. Two and a half. Okay. We were working on that album for oh, a good four months. But like it was intermittently throughout those four months. And yeah. then it takes time, you know, to get stuff mixed. And then, I, it's, yeah, it's not a big deal to upload it to, you know, a distributor and get it on Spotify. But it was we wanted to make sure we were ready before we did that. So you had a lot of time for that. And it kind of lined up like around that time. Like a lot of people are like, so what's the significance of releasing it on Valentine's Day? I'm like, that was a, that was the day that we were ready. I mean, yeah, it was just around that time. I think we finished it in like mid January, and had all the had all the final mixes for it. And we were just like, I think that that happened to be a Friday, and we we're like, oh, that's kind of that'd be cool. So we just did that. I love that. That's so cool. Just like that's like a perfect coincidence, <laughs> like to have an actual like holiday or something to drop an album on like that's yeah that's too quintessential i love that but yeah four months that's actually really impressive to to crank out a whole album you know like that's i don't know i don't know i've never made an album before so i don't really gauge how long it takes for others to do it but i don't know you put out some damn good music in a fairly quick amount of time i, I was you. i was expecting like a year and a half or something you know to uh, write all the lyrics or something or get everyone together but no that's really impressive it was a learning curve too that first record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. Big learning it was curve. A lot. Yeah, so many things you don't think about until they are shoved in your face. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. Do you guys have anything in the works right now? Are you guys like kind of taking a quarantine hiatus because you guys just did Lady Lavender? At the moment, we're chilling, and we're hoping to just—I mean—we're just antsy about playing shows again. Hopefully, in a few months. For sure. Yeah, we, we just started rehearsing again. It's probably just been like a month now mm -hmm. yeah no that's I, wild it's it's awesome that you guys can get in the same space again you know totally. it's crazy to think we've made yeah. it to that point when it was so indefinite for you guys set for so long for real yep. yeah no that, that's incredible are you guys uh all vaccinated getting all that um right away? We're, we're, all, we're all on the way at the moment yeah, yeah. we've yeah. all nick's nick is fully at this point yeah. nick's the lucky one nick's yeah. the lucky one what's funny is we all got pfizer which is a that's one I got. Oh, welcome to the gang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's sick. Yeah, I'm a week out from being like, because you have to wait two weeks or whatever after um, yeah. you get the second yeah. shot. And so yeah, I'm, I'm like, a week off. Home yeah, we're all home. Hey, next week we're going to play. Yeah, I get, I get my yeah. second dose on Saturday. So. <laughs> oh, that's sick. I yeah, get my, my second dose on May 4th. I was late to the party. Stop. <laughs> okay, that's great. Yeah, better late than never, man. Uh, that's incredible. Man, that's so, so insane. I can't wait to, like you guys said, just do house shows. Or just any type of show. Yeah. <laughs> would be They're would be definitely going to have one in the backyard as soon as we can. For sure, oh yeah. Yeah, be checking uh, vaccine cards at the door. <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, you, if you we can. Yeah. <laughs> How many people can afford it? Don't tag me with a good time. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Our band is gonna be like, "Don't cruise if you're not vaccinated." <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Newsom said he's opening up California, hopefully on June fifteenth, I think. So maybe we'll have yeah. a house show like that weekend. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, yeah. Finally, no like insane fines or like jail time for having a house show. Oh god, no. Oh, I don't want to go against like state ordinance oh, about course. just keeping people safe. Yeah, you know, yeah like... that's that's the priority. What would you guys say is your favorite song to play off your set list? We could start with Sterling. Ooh, it has to probably either be Alligator because I get to bring out the sax for that one. Gibberish, just because I love that song. 
even though my part's kind of in it, but it's it's fun still. I love that song. Yeah. I would probably say my farm's a fun one to play live straight up. Oh, just that because is like all the the crowd. Yeah. We, we bring up the lights. All our friends, yeah, yeah, all our friends start singing. It's it's a really fun one. At rehearsal, I've been having a blast jamming grapefruit with everyone because like <laughs> it's the most fun. Like I I just have a field day on that song, man. It's so much fun to that play. one's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all get in the groove on that one. Everything just seems to click on that song particularly, you know. Yeah, grapefruit's a good one. Yeah. And your listeners can feel that one too. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I think probably Alligator for me too, Sterling. That is yeah. my favorite song off of uh, Grassroots. Really? <laughs> Dude, it's just so fun live. Yeah. It's got like a great bounce to it that just like. Yeah, it really, really does. Fun yeah. To That's what, yeah. What was it? I think when like we were demoing that song, I was with, it was just me and Nick, I think, in his room doing it. He's like, this song is bouncy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, the, I remember that was the least of the word that he used. So like, that's how I describe probably most that's, of the first. That's album. about forty or fifty percent of grassroots can just be called bouncy. Like, bouncy. Yeah, <laughs> I can yeah. see it. Yeah. I, I don't, Nick. What's your favorite to play live? Um, oh gee, I don't know. I had a while to think about it up until now, and I still don't. I still don't know, man. I mean, that's the thing because I've always considered Deborah my favorite bass part, but. We've never. I wouldn't even that. say that's like my favorite part to play necessarily. But yeah, my I, I will say like the audience, the audience, like feeling the audience with my farm was always fun. Yeah. You really feel like the support, like just kind of clump. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember wanting room. to cry the first show that. Like, me ever too. Happened. No, was, that that caught me so off guard too. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> so yeah, cool. and everyone joins in at the end too. Oh my god. Yeah, that was no. Like, that's yeah. I don't know. I mean, all the ones I really love playing are stuff we haven't even gotten to play. Like, I mean, I, I probably Rosemary Sunday for me because I just, I think that's probably still one of my favorite songs that I've written. That's um, a great one to play live. Hurts my I, that, fingers. I, I, yeah, <laughs> it hurts I'm, your feelings. We always play it so fast. <laughs> Sorry, but um, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'd say. I mean, like. Uh, people haven't gotten to hear it live yet, but I love it when we play Exploding Cactus in rehearsal and also Deborah. Exploding Cactus is my uh, other favorite song off of... Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Thank what, you. What is it? Lady Lavender. That one's also very bouncy. I, I'm a bouncy person just by nature, so it just it hits home. <laughs> well, we, we seem to be a bouncy band. We so. are. Yeah. Yeah. We, do very true. we do have a trampoline in there. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yard, so. Don't jump on it, though. No, yeah. Don't jump on it. Well, it's, it's very dangerous. Anymore. It's yeah. not up to regulation. Failed inspection. Yeah. yeah. I need a disclaimer on the front of it so you can't get sued. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Do you guys have any hobbies, like, outside of the music that maybe inspire some of your songs or even just, like, hobbies that don't inspire your songs? You know, just getting to know you guys. Me and Ethan have been getting into fingerboarding recently. <laughs> yeah, we're sure. Tech yeah. decks right We've now. We've been trying. <laughs> yeah. Built a yeah, there. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Or a yeah. stair set. <laughs> Built a stair set. It was so lit. We also actually all, we've all been skating too a little bit. I yeah. yeah. I mean, None of us are like real, I'd say like skaters except for Ethan, but we do enjoy like going out and skating together, you know? Nice. Yeah. Most fun. Ben, Colby, and I have been making a lot of record stuff. Yes. Oh yeah, we love buying and collecting right. vinyl. I I literally just brought over all my records that I just bought at a record fair to clean. Yeah, we, that's yeah. what we we're did. literally doing that right before the call. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. 
what's like your favorite record in your collection? Oh my god! You can't hit me with that. You can hit me with that though. Yeah, yeah. See what Ben says. See what Ben says. Yeah, bring it out. Is he gonna say his tsunami record? No, I'm not a tsunami. We just did. I was just listening. Oh yes. Is it your toxicity copy? No, it's the fucking Ratatouille soundtrack. Oh my god! Oh, that's so fire. On vinyl. Oh my um, god. Let's see. That, oh my god. Exactly. It's a color vinyl too. Come on now. Come on. Oh my god, that, that is, is beautiful. Freaking legendary. No. Come on oh now. Oh my god, limited yeah, edition. Dude, Michael, Michael literally knows how to do it, bro. Wow. Dude, wow. He do, he do. I, I have a live concert of David Bowie from 1974. It's like a three-disc oh, pressing. So cool. I do love that one. And I love my Macintosh Plus record. Oh my god. god. Yeah, yes. yes. So hard. <laughs> That's so I didn't sick. know you had that on the final. <laughs> oh yeah, I have it on final. I mean I have it's hard because I'm like, okay, how do I justify that question? Do I justify it by the actual like record and the presentation of it? Or do I justify it by the music? And it's I can't do it by the music. I can't. Like, that's <laughs> sure. way too hard. I mean it's, Nick, it's about I... the music, but it's also about like you said, the presentation. Like the the tech the, the feeling you get when you open your record and what's looking at it all is just insane. Yeah, and just like being able to have the cover art and it's like the feeling of taking the time. Oh, I'm gonna go listen to this. You can do that with Spotify too. It's just there's it's like just a process of cleaning it and doing all that. It, I like Peaceful. it. It's, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. No, I got uh, hobby, pure dude. comedy. Nice I got pure comedy by Father John Misty. Nice. Uh, it was like one. the limited edition one, and it had like orange and white one, like the sun and moon like vinyls. Ooh, damn. And, yeah, it came with a, a death tarot card inside. Like it was super sick. It was really sick. Yeah, a pretty dope poster. And like you said, like the bonus like art that like isn't on Spotify and stuff. Like when you open it, open the book and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. that's sick. Oh, crazy. Yeah, no. And then when I was digging through my grandma's closet, I found an original pressing of Sgt. Pepper's, uh, which is freaking legendary, bruh. Yeah. Yeah, that was like, and I was in sixth grade, like when I started collecting vinyl, and that was one of them. It was like Van Halen and Def Leppard. Like, oh, my... oh, dip. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> that's an original, isn't it? Yeah. Yo, you see that tape? It fell off. Yeah. I don't know if there's gonna be a video on this presentation, but Ethan is currently showing us his Sgt. Pepper record. If oh yeah, just <laughs> yeah, oh true, huh? Yeah, framed and on his wall as it should be. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, dude. There's really nothing like that uh, vinyl. Do you think you guys would ever press your own vinyl? Of course, it's oh, money. Yeah. So, It'd like, be a dream. Yeah, oh, yeah definitely. I'd love to do that, dude. Yeah, dude, that'd be sick. If you guys ever, I think, isn't like the first like tier in like platinum, gold, and like silver records or whatever, it's 10,000 copies or something. If you ever hit 10,000 copies, you guys should get a gold record of whatever it is. There's um, no reason not to. It would be so tight. Yeah, that'd Actually, be so well, sick. I did research and like pressing vinyl is not not as expensive as you would think, but it's still you like you, you order vinyl in bulk, and we have had people in our DMs like, yo, do you make like CDs or vinyls? And I wish I could tell them yeah, but I don't know if we'd be able to have the market people, for that. We probably yet. could. I feel like we should start making. I mean, we should make cassettes probably of our own stuff, but like we should make cassette mixtapes to oh, sell at the shows. Just here is what we have been listening to. That's pretty. Yeah. I'd be set with it. Honestly, you get if you guys were on Kickstarter, I would support you for a vinyl <laughs> of your stuff. Thank you, man. Aww. Like something to think about. That would be really cool. And it sounds like you have support <laughs> from other people too. 
Because then it's, it's not like you're putting the down payment, it's like you're buying it in advance, you know? So it's Straight a little up. stress off your back. Well, so. yeah, that's what we've thought about doing with merch and stuff, is like doing pre-orders so then we know the exact amount mm-hmm. Yeah, everything. Whether we would one day do t-shirts or records or we even passed around the idea of a mini Deborah statue. Oh, the Deborah Pop Funko. Yeah, the Deborah Pop Funko. No, we were going to make Nick Pop Funkos. We're, yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. The Nickster <laughs> Pop Funkos. Oh my god. I buy so many Nick Pop Funkos. <laughs> that'd be so awesome. Oh my gosh, that'd be so crazy. I, I can't. I can picture one day just like a Funko Pop of all of you guys, every band member, and I lay down my vinyl. Nick would be a really good model for a Funko Pop. Like, how about a dude, Lego who, set, huh? Who are you kidding? All you guys would be buy, it, buy a Lego. Like a, Nick. Lego set. The My Farm Lego set. It just has us playing on a farm. Oh, that'd who's writing this down, bro? Or maybe Playmobil. It's being recorded. You're set. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Have you guys picked, uh, seen paper mache balloons? Like the album cover? Yeah, um, for King, King Gizzard. Gizzard. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that cover. Every time you guys say my farm, that's like what I keep picturing. But it's just instead of King Gizzard, it's you guys. It's just it's a claymation. Like it's like they all made it. Out, it probably made it out. Of it's it's like a diorama. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's pretty sick. I mean, I'm coming to the end of my questions, unfortunately. So is there anything you guys would like to say to your monthly listeners, if you guys could reach them? Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's so what I was going to say. We love you. Help is on the way. Shelter in place. No, do not worry. <laughs> Help is gone. <laughs> the music will revive you soon. <laughs> we'll be back. We're, we're still going on. So Yeah, we'll be cruising. Heck yeah. Well, that's awesome, guys. Thank you so much for being on the pod. Like, I really enjoyed having you guys here. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank yeah, you, man. For sure. Super fun. Thank you so much, my birds and bees, for tuning in today. Don't forget to check out Lady Lavender, Bumblebee Saturday's newest EP, out now on Spotify. Thank you again for joining us in the hive today. We hope you can buzz back again soon. Stay sweet, everybody. Peace. <laughs>